The Football Pod on OTB Sports. Do you still listen to the Football Pod or is that like texting your ex? Absolutely. As I often said, I'm jealous that uh, I don't know who's so good, the little whore. <laughs> the Football Pod is available every Tuesday exclusively on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. We are turning our attention uh, to Liverpool and the events over a pretty busy early stage today. Transfer window, I think it's fair to say, for, for Liverpool FC. We've got Harriet Pryor of the Anfield Wrap on the line. Harriet, good morning to you. Thanks, Millie, for taking the call. Morning. Thanks for having me on. So Sadio Mane to Bayern Munich. First things first, as a Liverpool fan group, this must be heartbreaking. This like must just be a really sad moment to say goodbye to Sadio Mane. Yeah, I think we've known it's coming for a few weeks. It was building after the Champions League final and even the rumours started before that. But now that it's official and, and we know that he has gone to Bayern Munich and seeing him in a Bayern Munich shirt yesterday was a very strange feeling. So it's, it's definitely a lot of sadness. But look, he was a Liverpool legend. He was with us for six seasons. We've got so many good memories from him. He, he contributed to all our success over the last few seasons under Jurgen Klopp. So if he wants a new challenge, we have to let him go on and we wish him well. And he'll always be a legend in our eyes, but definitely a lot of sadness yesterday and today it's probably a bit of a premature conversation to be having but the Mane Firmino Salah front line is obviously going to go down as one of the the most beloved in in Anfield history so when you compare that to even attacking duos in the club's history where do you think they rank the three of them yeah, definitely. I think I think the trio of them, you have to say, is one of the best attacking options that Liverpool has ever had. And if you look at some of the goals are scored, the combinations, the way that they worked with each other, it's just unbelievable. And it does feel a bit now like an end of an era, one of them leaving. I, I think there was always a sense of inevitability that one of them would stay on and one of them would get a new contract, one of them would leave on a free maybe, and then one of them we'd sell. It, it seems like Manny is the one that we, we've sold. I think Firmino will stay on a little bit longer. Salah's obviously committed to being there next season and then we'll see what happens happens but this certainly feels like the start of a of a clock 2.0 I like to call it but you you have to think that they are one of the best attacking forces that the Premier League has ever seen they were electric together and Bobby Firmino in his prime as well I, I was one of my favorite players and Mane for me he had such a incredible season last year and that's why I think it's so sad that we've had to let him go because he was really reinvigorated with the arrival of Diaz moving into the middle he was such a great option and, and really dragged us through some difficult games so the first piece of the jigsaw leaving is always going to be tough but we have got new people coming in and hopefully they slot right in and replace him. Harry it probably highlights how, how important it is uh, how 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 well Liverpool are playing in that players, when they leave, leave with, with gratitude and in a nice cloud. There's no cloud of negativity. Like, for example, Paul Pogba leaving Manchester United. Like, when you see Sadio Mane talking about, you know, texting his teammates and texting Jurgen Klopp, and, and even the, the words I have in front of me here from, from Klopp, talking about Sadio Mane being one of Liverpool's greatest ever players, he says he leaves with our gratitude and our love. Like, just how important is it to end uh, on a note like this for Sadio Mane? Well, it's really important. I think if you look over the last few years, Klopp has really built this culture now that if a player says, right, it's my time, I want a new challenge, I want to move on, there's no real pushback. I think Klopp will have quiet conversations with them about what they see in their future. But if they decide it's their time to go, there's no fight with the player. There's no real sense of, no, you must stay because Klopp knows that if they want to go, then they need to be able to to go on and move on because there's no point playing at Liverpool if their heart's not in it. And I think that's why they've built a, a culture now where there is a level of acceptance 
acceptance that when a player does move on, they can move on with the best wishes and, and, and still as a Liverpool legend. But it also comes down to how the player conducts themselves. And yes, Sadio Mane made a few comments in the last few weeks about, about leaving Liverpool that maybe didn't, didn't sit the best with the fan base. But I do think he went about it for the most part in a good way and he did it in the right way. And, and also, he's had some of the best years of his career at Liverpool. You know, he's 30 now. I think you can safely say he's had the peak of his career at Liverpool. So we can't begrudge him for, for being 30 and wanting to move on. So it's really important that these players leave with our best wishes and, and that they can come back and be welcome back to Anfield and Liverpool whenever that may be. Like Owen mentioned there, like where maybe Mane's, uh, I guess, strike partnership with, with Salah and Firmino ranks in terms of the greatest in, in, in Liverpool's sense. Um, I, I, unquestionably, Mane, and when you hear those quotes from Klopp talking about being one of the club's greatest ever players, like where do you feel he ranks in terms of the club's greatest ever number 10s? Like I'm thinking of people like Michael Owen and, and John Barnes and John Toshak, probably of previous vintages as well. But in terms of number 10s at the club, how, where do you think he ranks overall? I think probably it's recency bias to me and I'm a bit young to remember some of the people having watched play, you know, John Barnes and all of that. But but Sadio Mane for me ranks as a, up there with one of the greatest. And you only have to look at the amount of goals he scored on that on that Liverpool list of all-time greatest scorers. And he's right up there. And and I think that's, you know, I don't think for a lot of people it's really sunk in just the player we're losing. And, and yes, we've got new people coming in, which is kind of distracts us a bit. But I think we sort of need to realise that we are losing one of the greatest number 10s the club has ever had. Maybe, maybe be the greatest you know he's such an incredible player I, I think maybe he's felt like he's been in the shadows of Salah a little bit and that's what one of the reasons he's wanted to move on he feels he wants to go and be the star at Bayern Munich and he deserves that because like you mentioned he is one of the best and he'll go down as one of the best but there was never a question of underappreciation at Liverpool and I know that's what some people have said he that he hopefully is appreciated at Bayern Munich he was so appreciated at Liverpool we knew how good he was we didn't want him to leave we didn't want him to move on so he will always be remembered as one of the greatest and, and he was always sort of that while he was here as well. What's really interesting now is, is what happens next in that attack because obviously Luis Diaz has come in and has just been absolutely sensational and I think there's this automatic expectation that Darwin Nunez is going to do something similar and what's going to be the fascinating part of it is how Klopp actually uses that constellation of stars once again because I think as you mentioned there Harriet Mane in the central position was such a not a revel- revelation is probably putting it is probably a bit of a stretch but he was excellent in that position at the end of the season so what they do in, in that middle role whether it's Jota who gets it who's playing on, on the left hand side with Salah on the right is probably Klopp's biggest question right now right? Yeah, it will be. I think when you look across the players we have in our forward line, what a lot of them have is that versatility and flexibility that they can play right across the line. So we've seen that with, with Manny this season, like you mentioned, but we've also seen it with Jota and with Diaz as well. I think he can play across the front line. He, he's best suited on the left, but we'll probably see the new player Darwin Nunes go into that central role. I think that's why he's been brought in because we maybe even with Sadio Mane playing there, we've maybe lacked a central figure in, in the middle of the park in the attacking sense. So I think that bringing in a player like Nunes, who's a bit, a bit more of an out and out number nine, although he's not a, a total pure striker will give us that central point. So I think you'll see him going through the middle and, and Salah on the right and then Diaz on the left. And, and like you mentioned, Diaz has slotted in incredibly quickly. So we can only hope that with the new signing, that that's the same. It, it felt I'm not, I'm not sure about what you think, but it felt maybe that Klopp had kind of flirted with the idea of getting four attackers on the pitch for a while before, you know, ditching it. And obviously the 4-3-3 has been just so successful for Liverpool. So so why would you change it? But it, it does feel that 
the parts are in place now for Klopp to maybe revisit a situation where you get four attackers on the pitch for some games next season just to try and add a bit more of an element of surprise in some of the bigger games potentially next season well definitely and we actually did see that in a few games last season when when teams set up with a low block and it was really hard to get past them that that Klopp would overload the attack and he'd bring on that extra attacking force and we'd change the formation slightly away from the 4-3-3, which we know that Klopp likes to play. So I think bringing in a, a player like Nunez does give us that option to occasionally change it and have that, that one up front. I do think we'll still play the 4-3-3 in the majority of the games. It will be a situation for me where mid-game, if he feels like he needs it and we need an extra attacker on the pitch, he'll change that formation. So I do still think he'll try and adapt the, the new players to the 4-3-3 system. But like you mentioned, it gives us that that other option. It gives us that other surprise because sometimes you can feel like the Premier League defenders are starting to work out how to play against us. I think I saw that with a few times, a few teams last season. So it gives us that extra option to be able to to do that and and use that in games where it's necessary definitely and Carlo Ancelotti basically said as much as well after the Champions League final he said it helped that Liverpool were easier to decipher than the other teams because they have a very clear identity and we could prepare the way that we did we knew what strategy to take and uh, I guess the fact that they have a clear identity is not something you're ever going to criticise somebody for but maybe Carlo Ancelotti's comments is something that Klopp reads and is like alright screw you we're going we're gonna to come up with something a little bit different next season and, and it's not a whole overhaul of the system it's just a wild card in the back pocket for those big situations like a Real Madrid again yeah, definitely. And like you mentioned, the fact that we have a clear identity, no one can ever begrudge that because that's what's made us so successful for, for quite a few seasons now. However, there is an element of, of teams playing up against us, especially those top teams like like Real Madrid, who can come and think, OK, we know the system they're going to play. We broadly speaking know the players that are going to be in the, the starting eleven. This is how we're going to set up against them. You, you now next season have that different proposition, especially for the first half of the season where you don't know what formation we're going to play. You don't know exactly which players are going to be in it, how they're going to combine, how they're going to work together. So it is that that element of surprise here, yeah, definitely, that you just mentioned that I think we need and, and look, we don't know who else is going to come in over the, the summer transfer window, that the noises is that's it, that Liverpool aren't going to bring in any more players, we'll see We'll see about that, but we've, we've also got some really good young talent coming through and I think we'll see a few more of them next season as well. Yeah, for sure, and, and, and the young acquisition as well in Fabio Carvalho, like, is he somebody that you expect to play in that front three and, and make an immediate impact next season. Yeah, you know, he's interesting because there's been a lot of conversations around him and where he's going to sit and where he's going to fit. There's been talks that he might be played in midfield. He's obviously a very young player still, but we have seen Klopp with players like Harvey Elliott slot them straight into that midfield. For me, he'll probably be another attacking option, but we'll wait and see how Klopp envisages him and where he wants to use him. But again, bringing a player in who can play in lots of different positions is, is such a Klopp attribute. So I think it'll be interesting to see where he's used. I'm not sure how much we'll see him next season, considering he is he is very young and he still does have a lot of development. The, the same with the new fullback, Ramsey, coming mm. in as well. But it will be interesting to see how they use and in what positions they use as well. Yeah, it kind of feels like that, that was the, the one weakness that you could point towards in Liverpool squad was you know if Trent gets injured who's coming in and I guess they've well, we'll, see, we'll see what Ramsey does when he plays for Liverpool but they've gone some way to fixing that obviously signing an attacker a top class attacker for one leaving is one way of fixing it and they've added Fabio Carvalho like, is there any other area of that squad Harriet from last season that you're looking at and you're thinking God I'd love just an extra player there because you said that the transfer window might be done for Liverpool now do you think that they could potentially get a, another player or two that would make you feel, sit a little easier going into the new season? 
Yeah, I would personally like to see one more body in midfield. I know that okay. people have very differing opinions on that. Some people think that the, the talent we have in midfield is enough. However, there are a few players in there for me that have question marks over their fitness, how how long, how many games a season they can play. And even the game, even the players that you'd say are our uh, favourite uh, middle three, Thiago, Fabinho, Henderson, some of them pick up niggling injuries. Some of them, you know, have slightly off moments at times. So you want to have that fourth really for me you know Naby Keita as well we don't know if he's going to stay this season it looks like he will another midfield option would be really nice but we are being quite spoiled aren't we with that so I think that there won't be another midfielder brought in it if you're going to ask me now obviously things might change but as it stands I think we are going to keep Oxlade-Chamberlain if he decides to go we'll probably bring another midfielder in and I don't think that would be any a, a bad thing because I think another body in that area would be would be beneficial. Harry, just a, just a random one for you. Just a, something that has caught my eye on, in some of the headlines in the English newspapers over the last week or two, I guess, has been uh, the, the the headlines around Jack Grealish partying uh, in Las Vegas and Ibiza and wherever else he's been since Man City won the league. Um, and and like I know there probably weren't these headlines when young English players like like Trent Alexander Arnold were celebrating winning you know league titles or Champions Leagues with with Liverpool. Um, but like even some comments from Stan Collymore over the last couple of days saying he feels Jurgen Klopp will have dodged a bullet by not signing uh, Jack Grealish based on his behaviour since, which which I thought was extraordinarily harsh. Like what's as someone who's working in the in, in the in the media uh, over there, like what what's your take on all these headlines and negative press around around young English stars that seem to crop up every now and again? Oh, look, Jack Grealish is always going to have a bit of a target on his back because he has been known to be a bit of a party boy. And I think there were certain situations during the, the pandemic, if I remember rightly as well, that probably didn't help that. But they're young footballers. He's just won the league. I, I think he's very much entitled to go on holiday to Ibiza and have a, have a good time. I don't see any problem with it personally, but the media will always try, I, I think, and, and get these moments and catch these players out. But yeah, it does seem to happen to, to young English talent. But Grealish is, I think he's such a popular figure with within England and you know that move to Man City was so so widely talked about and the press were all over it so I think he's going to have an extra extra target on his back and extra eyes on him because of the nature of how how popular and how famous he is but uh, yeah I think he's just won the league I think they're all entitled to go and have a good time in the summer season and it's been a long season and there's going to be another very long season to come so I, I don't personally see too much issue with it but that's a, that's a conversation that the clubs have to have internally and I'm sure that the manager has had with him internally as well so I think the, the media probably want to make a, a bigger story than when, when he's actually just having a good time in Ibiza. <laughs> Just one last thing I wanted to ask you before we let you go and I dare say this might be a conversation that will be rinsed and repeated for the next 12 months and it is around Mo Salah. And just the, the angle I wanted to take on this is that in The Athletic, Daniel Taylor had a piece kind of going through the fact that top six clubs are sharing talent a lot more at the moment given the concentration of wealth within those clubs and away from some of the clubs outside of the Premier League that he says that the last time Manchester City allowed a prominent player to join another big six club other than on a free transfer it was 10 years ago However, this summer it could conceivably happen twice. You could have Sterling going to, to Chelsea. You could have Gabriel Jesus going to Tottenham or to Arsenal. Uh, he finishes that piece by talking about Mo Salah and about his desire to remain in English football next season. This sort of, from a Liverpool standpoint anyway, this, this grim possibility of Mo Salah leaving Liverpool going to another Premier League rival. Have you considered that at all? Is there any part of your brain that, that's allowing itself to, to go there and, and think that this might actually happen? 
Yeah, I read that piece. It is really interesting. And the after effects of the pandemic on the financial situations of clubs might mean they are forced to, to sell to rivals in the Premier League. Do I think that would happen with Mo Salah? Uh, to be honest, no. I think Liverpool will do everything in their power to stop that happening because I think it would break all of our hearts to see Mo Salah at Man City. But I, I also just don't think it would be good business. And if there's one thing Liverpool do in the transfer market, it's good business. So I, I don't think there'll be there'll be a, a situation where you, you see Mo Salah going to Man City and maybe I'll regret that next year, but we'll see. But I don't know if the player, it would be even right for the player if he would want to do that. I think he knows that he wants to play in the Premier League, but he knows that he wants that to be with Liverpool. And I still think a resolution will, will be made and, and something will happen in maybe not in the immediate future, but at some point before next summer. So not too worried about that at the moment, but it is it is an interesting one that there does seem to be more movement around the top six teams. And, and you know, we've seen it in the past with players like Torres. That's Liverpool haven't always shut themselves off to things like that. But I don't think with, with Salah, it'll be a reality. Okay, very interesting. Uh, Harry, thanks so much for your time this morning. Cheers. Thank you for having me on. Bye. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.